I was really excited about, about having a home birth. I felt like it just, I don't know, it just, it gave a whole new level of taking responsibility for your own birth is how I felt about it, especially when we were getting all the stuff ready. I don't know. I, I really liked that. It felt like, yeah, just taking self-responsibility for something that ultimately like it is, it is the most important thing, like to just our family. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was going to be on our, our turf. (laughs) Welcome to the happy home birth podcast, your source for positive, natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. How much influence do we really have over our hormones? And how much do our hormones really influence our experience of labor anyway? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 132 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we're speaking with Heather, a mother of two who decided to experiment on herself regarding her ability to influence her hormonal responses. It is fascinating and honestly so exciting. I can't wait to jump into her two birth stories. But before we do, I would love to thank this week's reviewer of the week, and that is Military Big Family, who writes encouraging and refreshing. The positive yet realistic approach to birth stories rooted in physiological birth are so encouraging to mothers like myself, planning and hoping for this experience. This is a must-listen podcast and a highlight of my week. So thankful for each story shared. Thank you so much, Military Big Family, for sending in this review, and I agree. It is such a wonderful thing that mothers are willing to come on and share their experiences. How encouraging and helpful. If you would email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth Podcast sticker. And if you listeners are finding value in this show, would you take a moment to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a hopefully five-star rating and review? It's an easy, free way to help support the show. And of course, share it with your friends. And I'd also love to thank our sponsor for this week, Baby Trend and the Cover Me 4-in-1 Convertible Car Seat. Now, I opted to skip the newborn car seat with my second daughter, and this car seat is so unique in that it addresses the number one complaint by experienced mothers, sun in your baby's eyes. The Cover Me seat is able to do this with its integrated canopy that offers height adjustability, ratcheting coverage, and side sun protection. The Cover Me has a usage rating from 4 to 100 pounds, so you can install it for your infant and adjust it as your child grows from rear-facing to forward-facing all the way up to belt positioning booster. It's got a recline system that allows your child to find a comfortable position, and it's designed to take up a limited amount of space even in the rear-facing position. And it's got some super cool features that help make life easier for mom and kiddo, including a no-twist harness indicator, a no-rethread harness, and a comfort cabin, which is its multi-layered padding system, letting your baby or child feel snug and secure. So go to babytrend.com forward slash OSSA and use the code COVERME20 for your new convertible car seat. All right, let's get to it. Please remember the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not meant to prescribe or treat. It's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Heather, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thanks, Caitlin. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Would you just take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. Uh, My name is Heather, and... 
I live here in central Illinois with my husband and we're going to be celebrating our 10-year anniversary next month. (laughs) Thank you. We have two sons and our oldest one is three and our youngest one just turned nine months today. Exciting times. So our house is a little crazy. Um, I stay at home full-time with our boys I'm very feel very blessed to do that even though it's very challenging sometimes as you know <laughs> I, am, I am keenly aware <laughs> <laughs> and then I also have a little side business gig that I do um, writing and editing for other small businesses so that kind of cool. puts my mind in another space sometimes which I really enjoy um, my husband is a mechanical engineer yeah we're just here living the life that's so neat. That's really cool. I love writing and I and editing. And so I nice. I feel like I don't talk to many people who are like, oh, I actually love editing. Though I will say, I feel like since having children, my ability to just, you know, use grammar appropriately has really diminished. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. I used to be all, you know, all on top of it. Like I have a master's degree in English and I was like the grammar Nazi. Mm -hmm. I taught college writing for a little bit, like, (laughs) you know, a little more lax. Yeah. Not so much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Children's books, you know, that's, that's the thing that we read now. (laughs) So I would love to hear, you know, how this journey unfolded for you with your two babies. I know you had a freestanding birth center birth and then a birth. So I'd love to hear what your, you know, what your pregnancy journey was like, and then how you kind of came to the decision to give birth where you gave birth with your first. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so the first time I got pregnant, um, actually ended in a, like an early miscarriage at about six weeks. And that was way back in August, 2015. So we kind of had some time then in between, um, when I actually did get pregnant with our first son. And during that time, we kind of had a lot of, a lot of crazy things happen. It was a year and a half, um, but we weren't trying that whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some times where we were, and then sometimes that we took, we were taking off to focus on things like getting like health and nutrition and cycles on track. So we weren't trying for a year and a half, but I did get a lot of a, a chance to kind of research more into the birth world. I talked to some, some friends and one of my friends um who had she'd actually just had her successful VBAC um Mm -hmm. she kind of hooked me up with her doula who ended up being my doula (laughs) we just we clicked she had a cool this awesome um birth story sharing group called the birth circle and that group met once a month and it was just moms sharing their birth stories so that was kind of my my entrance into that world which I wasn't even pregnant yet but I just thought it was fascinating so I just soaked it all in listened to their stories thought about where I would want to give birth um heard about things like the business of being born you know the mm-hmm. use uh Ina May's guide to childbirth all the good stuff so yeah, I just, it's kind of interesting that I even had that time because a lot of times people just get pregnant and it's like, well, now I got to decide what I'm going to do. But I'd actually had a little chance to think about it and come to some conclusions. So I, strangely enough, though, when I did get pregnant, which was February of 2017 um, with our first son, I still thought that I was like 
going to deliver in the hospital with an OB, which you'd think mm. that, hmm, maybe she would have gotten it, but no, I still, <laughs> still hadn't quite gotten there. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, so it took some, kind of some conversations with my doula and my husband was actually, there was actually going to be a potential that he was not going to be at the birth at that time. Um, we didn't know. It was going to depend on some training um, that he had at the time, but um, he was kind of like, well, I think you should birth where you feel comfortable. And that was even why we got the doula because there was, he would possibly be gone. So we ended up, um, my, my doula mentioned that there was a new freestanding birth center and it was about an hour away from where we live. So it was going to be a, a bit of a drive, but we were willing to go to check it out. So we took a tour and absolutely loved it. Um, it was gorgeous and everyone was so nice about answering all of our questions. And I just felt like, yeah, this is a place that I could see myself going to, to birth. And, and granted at that time, I didn't know as much about it, but uh, as I do now, but I thought, yeah, this is, this is where I want to go. So we'd transferred care over there and I think that was about about 15 weeks. So it was still like early on. Right. In the in the process. Yeah. So you still got to really enjoy that prenatal care throughout with oh, midwives. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. They had uh, three midwives there. Mm-hmm. And I definitely really clicked the most with one of them. And this is going to kind of come into play later. Ah. I definitely had like a favorite midwife, but it was the kind of thing where whoever's on call is going to be the one at your birth. So, right. Did they do, would it be two of the three at your birth or was it like one with another assistant? It was going to be, well, I didn't even know this, but they just call in the second one kind of like in the last minute, like birth is imminent. So, right. So yeah, two in the end, but one throughout the whole labor. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So what was that pregnancy like? Were there any, you know, was it easy going or was it kind of rough? Um, it was a little tough. I think just coming after a loss um, for a yeah. first pregnancy, I think that's just something you never, you never expect, especially your first pregnancy. You just think, oh, everything's fine. So you go, so after that, you kind of come in with a little less, less of a uh, innocence, I would say. Mm-hmm. I had definitely more anxiety than I probably would have. Um, my husband was gone um, for like six weeks in kind of the, in the second trimester um, for work. So that was kind of a bummer that he, like, he missed the anatomy scan, which I really would have <laughs> liked to have yeah. him there. And when we, fa- when like, well, I found out by myself that it was a boy. <laughs> uh, so that was a little bit of a bummer, but yeah, it, it was, um, it was good, really good pregnancy physically. I would say I felt great. I was working out a lot. I was walking. I was doing a lot of prenatal yoga. I was going to the chiropractor. I had never been to a chiropractor before in my life, um, <laughs> until my pregnancy, but I'm so thankful. Oh yeah. I fell in love with her and, um, we still go. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That there's nothing like the, the peaceful rest after a chiropractor's appointment, I feel like. Oh, yeah. She's great. The best. Um, so that helped a lot. Like, I had, I had a lot of round ligament tightness and pain that time. 
and she certainly helped with all that as they do um yeah i i didn't really have much to much to say about it physically it was it was great <laughs> mentally not maybe not quite as much right and i i mean i feel like that is just you know so common it, once you have experienced loss for the anxiety i mean you can't help but have it transfer over was there anything that you did or anything that you would recommend to other moms who have been there um to kind of cope with it better was there anything you found to be helpful Hmm. Um, I, I guess talking to my doula, anytime Hmm. I would have some, some kind of worry or fear pop up and she was just, she was great at just kind of helping me recognize reality and just come back down from that. Yeah. Just talking to people who were close to me. Yeah. I don't, I didn't really do a whole lot other than that. Well, that's, I mean, that's a huge step. That's one thing that I think that can be so difficult is just being vocal about that, you know, being vocal about loss and then being vocal about, Hey, I'm struggling with this pregnancy because I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. So I think that's actually, that's yes. fantastic advice. Yeah, that, that certainly helped. And I did, um, I did also go see a counselor for a little while, uh, just to talk, just to talk to her really. And I, and that's something that I feel like is, is a good thing to do. And I've done it at different points in my life where I just feel like I needed to talk some to someone who had, kind of more, I would say like a third party perspective, because sometimes when you talk to people close to you, it's like, well, they have a, they have a stake in the game too. Mm -hmm. And a counselor is just somebody who's just a little stepped outside of that and can really help. Right. So I'd suggest that to anyone who feels like they just maybe need to talk to somebody more about their anxiety or whatever they're feeling during pregnancy or not during pregnancy. Yeah, that's, that's great. So I'd love to hear you know, okay, what was the end of this pregnancy into labor like? And you had mentioned that your husband may or may not be there. Um, what went down with all of that? Yeah, so we, at that point, we did find out that he was going to definitely be able to be there. So that was a huge okay. weight off of our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, approaching the end, I, you know, you just get antsy, especially as a first time mom. And I think I was, <clears throat> sorry, um, just wondering how things were going to start and, you know, kind of the usual things. So uh, I got to 41 weeks (laughs) as a lot of first time moms do. And I don't know, I don't, I kind of thought I would get to that and I kind of didn't. So I wasn't quite ready for the mental game. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I got there and actually the night before 41 weeks, I, did have some like kind of early labor stuff going on and I got like way too excited about it. Another kind of rookie mistake. <laughs> and I, I got off, like I got out of bed. Oh my goodness. Um, I probably only got about five hours of sleep that night. Ugh. So I was a little love to add that to the first labor. It's like, <laughs> let's add exhaustion. I have an idea. Um, great. Yes. It's perfect. Just perfect going into it. Oh, so uh, that then okay so that was 41 weeks exactly and it was a Sunday and I woke up and I had I was having contractions and they were just light so we just did our normal thing that day which I'm I'm thankful for that I didn't get too excited about it um and as the day went on yeah it it was like I felt like it was kind of getting more intense but I also had no idea of kind of the relative 
scale of intensity here. Like you just don't right the first time, but I really feel like I was thrown off by it. So um, my water broke at four that afternoon, just like giant gush all over the kitchen floor. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like things are happening. Um, obviously I must, you know, be doing you know, I must be like fairly far along is what I thought. And I'm not sure why I thought that, but <laughs> anyways, we got all excited and um, I called the midwife that was on call at the birth center. And she said, okay, well, you can come in at any time and, you know, we'll just, we'll just see. So we decided to kind of take our time and I took a shower and got everything ready. We headed over. It was the hour, like an hour drive for us. And when we got there, or actually in the car, things just like totally fizzled out. Yeah. It's like, um, great, <laughs> perfect. This is what we want. Not really. So when we got there, things had picked up a little bit more, but not much. But she said that she would just see where I was at and see if, see what we were going to do, if I was going to stay or not. And I was, uh, she checked me. I was at a four. Hmm. Um, and 90% effaced. So maybe this is because we lived farther away, but she said we could stay and just kind of walk around and do our thing. And we would see if things got going. So we did that. Uh, and I guess things kind of did start to ramp up then because I remember thinking, oh no, (laughs) no, no, this is not (laughs) what I signed up for. (laughs) I don't like this. And if this, if I'm only at a four, this is going to be rough. And indeed it was. Um, I started getting, I started throwing up um, pretty regularly throughout the entire rest of the labor. So it wasn't just a transition time thing for me. Right. And that was probably, honestly, that was probably one of the worst things. <laughs> I just, I'm I right hate throwing up. Preach it. Preach it. <laughs> oh. it makes it so, it makes it much more difficult. It's just, you know, another thing. Yeah, it's it's one thing to be having contractions, but it's another thing to be like throwing up and having contractions mm-hmm. at the same time. Dry heaving, yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting. Anyways, that's, yeah, I hated that, uh, I have to say, and I didn't know that that was even a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I I think I was in the shower for a while, and then they, they we called my doula to come, and she showed up probably about nine that night and started helping me, but man, I was already just so tired um I was just not not there like I feel like looking back it's really hard to even pinpoint anything because it was very fuzzy for me like literally fuzzy because I didn't have my glasses on (laughs) Uh, which was another thing I decided I need to be able to see uh, Mm. next time Uh, and she helped me do different positions and I'm just I'm so grateful that she was there because I think I, my husband and I would not have known what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and our midnight midwife wasn't really in the room a whole lot. She was kind of, I don't know what she was doing. She's kind of doing her own thing, but that's fine. I mean, that's what they should do since it was, I don't even know if it was quite active labor yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we were kind of walking around the birth center and eventually, um, oh, and here's the other thing my contractions kept basically slowing down. So 
they would just start spacing out like randomly. And I was just getting so frustrated with it. Like, what is happening? Why, why is it doing this? I, I don't know. So they gave, they were giving me a tincture of um, cotton root bark. Oh yeah. Every couple hours or so, like whenever it would start doing that again, basically, because mm-hmm. it just kept doing that even um, in the pushing phase. <laughs> so yeah. kind of my, maybe my party trick, um, slowing down my own labor, (laughs) at least that time. So yeah, it was, um, pretty rough, but eventually I got in the tub when I was in transition and that was just wonderful. Um, I loved the water. Uh, I kept like accidentally hitting the drain though with my knee and that was super annoying. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Have you heard my first birth story? No, or maybe I have. I don't know. I think I actually, I think I have. Did that happen to you? <laughs> I was in transition and I kept hitting the drain with my knee and it kept, ah, and the water a, kept releasing. This so, is a thing. thing. And I also threw up the whole time. So sweet. All right. Also, I was going to say, I think our first two, our first um, children are like so much alike personality. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> There you go. It's the labor was just labor was the dumb. same. Children are the same. Yep. There we go. Seriously, like I think he's he's the boy version of Janie. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so, anyways, that was annoying because they kept having to refill it, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were also kind of helping me out by pouring water over my back, like with this mm-hmm. giant cup, and that felt so good. Um, so I actually got like a good. I felt like I was getting a good rhythm finally. Uh, in the tub with the contractions and just the work and the rest and I was pretty pretty much able to relax fairly well once I was in there so I um, they had me get out at one point to just to check and this was like the only other check that I had um, and I was nine centimeters Ooh. exciting times and I but I had a cervical lip um, and she said she was able to push it back over the head but I'm not sure if that was really happening or not (laughs) so we they had me lay down in the bed then like because I was I was pretty out of it and tired and by this time this was like I think around 2 a.m and I unfortunately you know got no sleep the night before so Mm -hmm. uh I hated laying in the bed that was just the worst but I felt like I needed to do it or something. I don't, I don't know. They, it's not restful for me laying down during contractions at all. Like right. I just, I, it's horrible. Uh, and then I don't know, I think an hour later she said I was at 10 centimeters and that if I like, if I wanted to, I could push. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like my, you know, my brain with not you know thinking super clearly I was like oh sweet okay that means I should just push Mm -hmm. (laughs) well um my baby was up still really high at Um, that point so it's probably not a good time to start pushing right uh so I was trying we were trying different positions for pushing I could try to birth stool try the like the toilet um yeah nothing was helping and I could I could tell that I wasn't doing anything I I could tell that there wasn't any progress and there certainly wasn't anything like 
an urge to push. It was, it mm-hmm. was more like, oh, well, you're 10 centimeters, so right. you could push now. So I was like, okay, great, I'll push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nothing was happening for hours. Like, it, it, this went on um, till about, I think it, it was, um, oh, no, they actually had me do a, a position because he was so high up called Walchers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that I've heard some people <laughs> have also done it on your podcast. Um, and it is very uncomfortable. I'll just say. You want to explain it? <laughs> sure. It's so what they had me do was laid off the end of the bed with my legs like hanging off the bed mm-hmm. with a big giant towel rolled under my lower back. And then I needed to stay in that position for, through like three contractions, I think. Yeah. yeah and and not move so that's That's hard that's a hard position to be in during a contraction yeah it's not fun Mm -hmm. um but they said I stayed in that position longer than they had ever seen anybody I I'm just willing to do anything at that point I think (laughs) get out (laughs) get this baby out of me yeah so I think at about 6 a.m my midwife was kind of like hey everybody time out let's like take an hour of rest um, and then kind of regroup and see where we're at. So <laughs> strangely enough, during that time, I realized that I kind of had an audience. I had forgotten. I had um, given permission to have us like a, allow a student doula to uh, like observe the birth. And then I also had a birth photographer who I'd forgotten about. <laughs> mm. I mean, we had, I guess we had called her, but I forgot she was there too. And they were just kind of like sitting over by the door and I hadn't noticed them at all until I was pushing and I'm kind of like, oh my goodness, there's people like kind of watching me. Like, I don't like this right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suddenly didn't like it. So during that time I, where we had our rest, I kind of thought about that finally, like, and realized, hey, maybe that's not, not what I need right now. Maybe I really need a little more privacy to be mm-hmm. able to push this baby out. So I told my husband that I think I needed them to leave and he relayed that message over and, and they did. (laughs) So, um, I don't, I don't know something about my, my uterus was just like, nope, I'm a little shy here and you guys need to go. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. thankful that I had the clarity to actually figure that out finally, um, at that point, but. That is great. That's so, that is so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels, I don't know. You still even feel a little weird about that in the moment, like asking people to leave, but it was the right thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thankful for it. So we had our rest time, which wasn't restful for me. I mean, I was like, Oh, great. I'll just take a nap. No, like <laughs> that's not happening because there's contractions still. So, mm-hmm. uh, and this whole time I'm, I'm really thankful that nobody ever said the word transfer <laughs> and nobody mm-hmm. ever said the word cesarean and just, they were so good about protecting that space for me. Yeah. Um, so that's certainly not what I wanted. Uh, but I could see that, you know, people were, were concerned about me being so tired for sure. Right. So after our, our little rest, I came back and I actually did start to feel then that like, maybe I kind of did want to push, like, I, I don't know, the kind of the urge to poop more so a little bit. So we tried again, I think I was pushing like on either side at that point because I just really couldn't do much other than like lay in the bed and that's so sad because that's not what I wanted to do 
at all. Um, I tried either side and I started to make some actual progress. So that was probably around 7 a.m. And this was a this was then Monday morning. So it was like the next day. And they ended up then calling that second midwife in. And I should mention um, that this, so the second midwife, the one that they called was like the one that I loved so much and had kind of just really clicked with mm -hmm. in the prenatals. So I didn't know she was coming, but then when I, she came in and said like, hi, Heather, and I'm like, oh, it's her. Yay. Oh. <laughs> My heart just like melted a little bit. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> oh. And she's just so wonderful. She's just, I don't know, something about her to me was just the most calming presence mm -hmm. and I needed that. And I'm so glad she ended up being there at that point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, I think she came at about maybe 8.15 and I was still pushing. So this last, like this last part of pushing was about two hours um, mm. after that rest. So he finally started to crown and like, I don't even remember anything about like a ring of fire or anything. I just remember, I just want him out of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I didn't care. Like I was, I think I was already kind of starting to tear um, a little bit early on there as mm. I, I could feel they were kind of helping me out mm -hmm. <laughs> and just trying to stretch me and help him get out because he had a huge head. Mm. So yeah. Um, my husband was like at this point I was on my back, um, in kind of like a semi sitting mm -hmm. position with this little recliner thing, behind, like little, I don't know, like a little pillow thing behind me to have me half sit up. Right. So I was holding my legs, but the, like my doula was also holding one and my husband and we were all kind of working together to help me. And I just would like pretty much fall asleep between the contractions. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he did uh, eventually <laughs> come out and they passed him right up onto my chest and he was doing great. Um, the whole thing. Also, he did so great during the entire thing. And I'm so thankful um, he, he never had any, any issues. Um, she's my little champ, <laughs> little labor champ. Um, <laughs> but I kept, I just immediately was just crying out of like sheer relief and thankfulness. It was over and he was here and he was perfect. And he wasn't, he like, wasn't really like crying right away, but you could tell that he was fine. I, I asked them if he was okay. They're like, yeah, he's okay. He's great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, you're just so ready to have him in your arms. And there he was. And he's just looking at me and my husband. And it was, a, it was a good moment after <laughs> such an exhausting labor and oh. kind of a tough journey to even get him right. there. So, so yeah, there he was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know what? I just think about your labor pattern and how it you said, you know, it just kept spacing out and they would be consistent and then they would be less consistent. And the fact that he was so high in your pelvis really kind of shed some light on that, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, yes. That's so interesting. It's always interesting to like put all the pieces together when you're like, Oh, well, that makes sense. Why this was this way. Or you know, like, mm -hmm. Yeah. He was like a negative two station when I started mm -hmm. pushing, which is just really high up still. Mm -hmm. And he was asynclitic. <laughs> there we so, go. <laughs> yeah, there's all the pieces. That's why he was up high. <laughs> yep, he was just wonky. Oh, yep, he was oh, not ready. So interesting. So. Yeah. 
Well, so after that birthing experience, how did you feel? Like, how did you feel about your freestanding birth center birth? Um, I think pretty good overall. I think sometimes first, the first time is just, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would have done some things differently, like not go so early and, um, certainly not pushing, starting to push when I did. Uh, I think it was great. The midwives were awesome. Um, especially postpartum that the midwife that I loved so much, like I did all my appointments postpartum with her Mm -hmm. and she is just the most caring soul there is. Mm -hmm. And she was lovely and wonderful. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I felt like it's like, it's kind of like the difference between, I would say a hotel versus your own home. So Mm -hmm. I would say the, the birth center was like a really, really nice birth hotel. Right. But think about how, I think it's the difference of how you feel, com- the comfort level you feel in your own house versus a hotel. Like, again, like I could tell that it wasn't home. It's like, yeah, this is a beautiful version of kind of somebody's home, but mm-hmm. it's not mine. Mm-hmm. And I could it's tell. My space. Yeah, there's a difference there. And that's probably what kind of led me on to home birth. Um, can I say a couple of things about like the immediate postpartum please okay so the immediate postpartum was a little bit I don't know just a little little not frantic but just a little worried they thought I was hemorrhaging um so they did get like they gave me a shot of Pitocin which apparently took care of it and everything was fine um and then I did have a a deep second degree tear so that actually ended up taking a lot of, of stitches and Unfortunately, um, one of the stitches, like, I, I guess went kind of rogue and went like through my rectum. So it wasn't supposed to <laughs> do that, but it did. And then I had to take antibiotics, which I am not, I'm just not the biggest fan of. Like, if we can not take those, I'm great. But, <laughs> but in that case, they really wanted me to, to prevent an infection from that. So I took them <laughs> kind of unwillingly, but, but yeah, so my healing was definitely pretty tough that time um physically and and just and mentally too so I'd say yeah it was it was November too and I think going into the winter time was a little Um, hard for me yeah that makes sense did you have to do anything specific for healing after that stitch going the wrong way like was there any pelvic floor stuff that had to be done or did it kind of turn out okay um, I think it, it kind of resolved itself. Mm-hmm. She, my midwife checked on it and said that it looked like everything was going to be okay. And okay. they just kind of wanted that as a preventative yeah, for an infection that the antibiotics were just taken for that. But right. Yeah. I didn't do any um, pelvic floor uh, therapy that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got smart after my second one oh. and did it. <laughs> Live and learn, I guess. I learn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you yep. learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Well, okay. So you, so that birth was at the end of 2017. Is that right? Yes. That was November, 2017. Okay. And then what happened between then and then your next pregnancy? What was, what, how did all of that unfold? Yeah. So my, my first son is not a good sleeper and this, this kind of plays into it. Like he's the worst sleeper pretty much in the world. Um, so I think I would have had kids a little closer together, but I really wasn't, I was too exhausted for a while. 
Um, so we, uh, let's see, we got pregnant with our, our second son um, in December of 2019. Mm -hmm. And I was nursing my first son still at that point, And I had, I, I nursed him until he was two and a half. And during that time, actually, I, I, I did a lot of thinking about my first birth and just about where I wanted to um, have my, my next birth. Um, I watched a documentary called Why Not Home. Mm. And that is a good one. Um, it mm. is about uh, medical professionals who choose home birth for their own births. And it is just really eye-opening. And it gave me a lot of confidence in looking at home birth for myself. So I'd recommend that one for anybody who might be thinking about home birth. Uh, I talked to my my doula again, my same doula, and she has had several home births. And I actually ended up interviewing her home birth midwife. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that is who we went with um, for our home birth. Aww. We've interviewed her in January, so pretty early on. Um, January of 2020, so kind of pre-coronavirus. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank goodness, because she got in a little little higher demand after that. Um, right. But we were already set up with her, so that was great. So, and you said you had, um, you mentioned breastfeeding your son until two and a half. Was that play, did that play into anything in relation to your next Oh yeah. Yes. Um, so as I had, as I was breastfeeding him and as I kind of had read more about hormones, um, in birth, so specifically oxytocin and just around the questions I had is why my first, in my first labor, my labor just kept slowing down. Um, reading about that, it, I, I learned quite a bit from Dr. Sarah Buckley. She writes mm, about yes. that quite a bit. Yeah. I read her book, Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering, and it, she really gets in depth on the hormones. So I started thinking about hormones uh, and, and oxytocin um, in relation to both birth and breastfeeding, mm -hmm. since, you know, that's what you need for both. Um, and I would, I don't know if anyone else uh, listening has ever tried this, but I started kind of experimenting with what it took for my letdown to happen faster when I was breastfeeding because my son was not, not the most patient um, breastfeeder and I kind of have maybe a, a bit of a slow letdown. So what I basically would do was figure out, was trying to figure out where the tension was in my body and specifically, yeah, what parts and then how to let it go enough to like actually then feel the letdown happen, which is the most interesting thing. Um, so for me, where I carry the tension in is in my hips and glutes and thighs. And I usually don't even realize that it's there most of the mm -hmm. time. And I would start recognizing it while I was breastfeeding and like trying to get the letdown. If I let go of it and like said things to myself, like, okay, relax it. Now relax it more. Now relax it more. Now melt your butt into the chair, like <laughs> things like that. Oh. <laughs> and it would, it would work. And I could not believe it. So that actually was a huge realization for me personally that I used during my, my second labor to very, <laughs> very helpful effects for sure. That's incredible, Heather. That is such a cool realization that you had 
And to show, I mean, to show outside of labor, yes, relaxation does affect your hormones. I mean, what a perfect example of that. Yeah, I mean, and Ina May even says what gets the baby in, gets the baby out, and gets yeah. the baby fed, and it's all right. oxytocin. That's what it is. So how figuring out how I could actually kind of make that flow better for myself personally was a huge thing. That's massive. Okay, so I'm taking notes on that and remembering <laughs> that for if there is ever another baby. Nice, and I, nice. I'm sure yes, more babies. That, yes. <laughs> I'm sure All the babies. every mom listening, like really think about that. That is so incredible that that's such a perfect example of why, you know, why we say relaxation helps why it's not just like, oh, relax because it feels good. No, it no. actually affects your physiology. How yep. powerful is that? Whoa. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you can let it hit your brain faster than like, mm. that's basically what it's doing. It's, hormones are amazing. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm so in awe of our bodies and how they were created. Yep. Agreed. That's amazing. Okay. So you have this newfound like superhuman power. <laughs> <laughs> now, what was that uh, pregnancy? And then of course, labor experience like for you, how was it different this time with your home birth? Yeah. So COVID kind of threw a wrench in it, I think yeah. a little bit. Um, but uh, overall, really awesome. Um, I was, I'd say I was definitely in a better space uh, mentally throughout the whole pregnancy. I, even with COVID, um, I felt way less anxious than in my first and I'm, I'm grateful for that, but it may have something to do with running around after a toddler <laughs> all the time. You don't really have time to worry about stuff. Um, physically, it was a little bit rougher. Um, I just didn't have the time to like pay attention to things like I did before, you know, pre-toddler, mm -hmm. pre-very active toddler who doesn't sleep. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my midwife, um, my home birth midwife now, uh, she normally typically does uh, her appointments in a group setting. So you get your like birth, birth month group basically. And then you go through the whole pregnancy with them, which I thought sounded awesome. Like instant community. So cool really get to know those people like and then you have your individual with her like one-on-one -on -one as well so it was like a partial group appointment partial individual um so I got to have one of those um mm -hmm. <laughs> February 2020 and then and then COVID hit so mm -hmm. didn't get to do that um the rest of it but I did get to have one-on-one -on -one appointments then with my midwife um some were in person and some were like over zoom um so yeah, I mean, the, the care was really good. Uh, I feel like I probably would have gotten to know her a little better if, if it wasn't, you know, COVID times, but right. not a whole lot I could do about that. Uh, yeah, I, I was really excited about, about having a home birth. I felt like it just, I don't know, it just, it gave a whole new level of resp taking responsibility for your own birth is how I felt about it especially yep. when we were getting all the stuff ready. I don't know. I, I really liked that. It felt like, yeah, just taking self-responsibility for something that ultimately like it is, it is the most important thing, like to just our family. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it was going to be on our, our turf. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love kind of what you're alluding to there. The idea that like, I mean, ultimately it's our responsibility anyway. Right. But when it is on our turf, 
it's so much more obvious, you know, it's just like, okay, well, here you go. I mean, you know, this is yours, you, you do it. And when we put our care outside of our home, then it feels like we're kind of putting our care outside of ourselves, I guess. Um, So yeah, I, I love, I love your recognition of that. Yeah. And I, I felt like that too, with the birth center, I felt like I was going there almost so that they would tell me what to do. Like I was sort of giving over a little bit of my like power and, and responsibility at the same time. Yeah. And I don't, I, I didn't want to do that this time. I'm like, no, I, I don't need somebody else really to tell me what to do. And I, in fact, in some cases, I think it didn't serve me very yeah. well. So yeah, I was excited about it and just, yeah, we were ready. We were ready for it. Oh, and I, this time, the first time we went to a birth class that was like, I don't know, it was probably only three meetings and it really wasn't a ton of, ton of information or help. It was, it helped a little bit, but uh, thank goodness I had my doula. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This time I just, I just listened to all the birth stories. So Mm -hmm. I had already been listening to a couple of birth story podcasts, but I found yours during my second pregnancy and boy, I listened to everything, like every single one. And that was, that was like, that was my birth preparation really. Mm -hmm. Um, this time it was just surrounding myself with all the home birth stories and just normalizing home birth as much as possible. Because I, aside from my doula, I really didn't know anyone in my personal life who had had a home birth. So it was, it was a big deal for me to be able to do that, to to just hear all these stories and say, yes, this is what women are doing. This is what women have been doing and we can do it. Mm, that's so. So thank great. you. <laughs> thank, thank you, you so much. That. that is, it, it feels so nice to know like, yep, this is what you like. This is what people need. It's not hard. It's not, you know, like, no, we just need to hear each other's stories to know. Yeah, you can do it too. I did it. You can do it. It's fine. Yeah. And I appreciate that you have created this outlet for us. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. So let's hear. So you are getting towards, towards the end of your pregnancy. What was, what was the starting of labor like this time? Um, So, so this time, uh, so it actually kind of started because we in Illinois on August 11th, I was due in August at the end of August. We had this huge um, like thunderstorm windstorm called a derecho. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, but anyways, we had this huge like weird weather event. And seriously, every single night after that storm, like starting that night, I had prodromal labor for at least like three or four hours every single night. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, for 11 nights. Mm-hmm. Um so, but this time I was smart and I never got out of the bed. Mm-hmm. I used it. I told myself I am not, unless it's clearly blatantly obvious that I'm in like total full-blown active labor. I am not leaving this bed. Yeah. So that nice, that nice cold front <laughs> gave me a chance to really start practicing, letting the waves really just kind of roll over me and, and just sur- practicing surrendering to them. And I think really there's such a delicate balance when it comes to surrender versus control when it comes to birth. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I mean is, so control in terms of what you can control. So things like your preparation, your birth environment that you choose, like where you're going to birth, your care provider, 
educate educating yourself as much as you can like those kinds of things are what you can control right so and it's important to do that but then <laughs> at some point when it comes down to it we really have to surrender and release what the outcome is actually going to be because we if we try to control that if we try to sort of make things happen that can really backfire and I think personally I I feel like that did kind of happen to me the first time because I I did get kind of antsy and anxious about trying to make things happen so it's just it really is like kind of a delicate I don't know dance or balance between the ideas of surrender and control when it comes to birth beautifully put I mean I I couldn't agree more now, okay, so you are, you're practicing <laughs> your surrender versus control. You're practicing this release technique through your prodromal labor. How did you know, this is what, a question I see and hear and get so often from moms who have prodromal labor. How do you know when it's the real thing? Yeah, well, for me, um, what actually happened was my water broke one morning. Okay. And this is, again, probably one of the things I was most afraid of happening was uh, my water breaking and then contractions not starting. Mm -hmm. So one morning, my son had like gotten into bed and like brought a story in, <laughs> in with him and, and like we snuggled and we read the story twice and, and then we got out of the bed and then my, I felt that my water was starting to leak. <laughs> I was pretty sure that's what it was. Mm -hmm. um, and then about half an hour later, I had like the big, the big, huge gush. So um, I talked to my midwife and she's like, yeah, just like, you know, do your thing um, and let me know if you need me. So she was good with waiting for 36 hours for, um, for to be an active labor at 36 hours after the water broke. So mm -hmm. There was like, you know, I kind of had like this little bit of a time clock in my head, but, but I also was, I felt really confident that labor would probably start on its own. So yeah, we just kind of went about our day. We actually ended up having my mom um, come and get our son because that was our plan um, that she was going to have him during the labor and birth. He's just, I, I don't think I would have been able to focus the way that I needed to. Right. <laughs> um, and that's, and you just have to know your own kid, right? You just, mm -hmm. you have to know that and yourself and know yourself and, and just do what's best. So that was what was going to be our plan. Um, so she did come and get him so that I would just be able to do whatever I need to do and focus the rest of the day. Uh, so yeah, I just kind of hung out. Like, I, I think I took a nap. I was like, what is, this is amazing. What is this? <laughs> like, I've never like, don't have a kid with me. This is, it felt like a, it felt great, like a vacation or something. My husband had been working at home because, um, since COVID started. So he was around, uh, which was really nice. Yeah. He kind of finished things up at work. It was a Friday and he wrapped stuff up in case, you know, stuff started to happen. Um, yeah, but nothing did. <laughs> Spoiler. Oh, <laughs> boy. Um, so, yeah, that evening came and we had some Indian food because we, that's like kind of our, been our thing since college. Uh, <laughs> Indian food. And I'm like, hey, spicy food can't hurt, right? At this point. So, ate all the spicy food um, and went to bed hoping to be woken up by contractions and got woken up by the prodromal labor contractions again. Like, uh, I just knew it was the same thing. It felt the same. It's like sweet. So that those happened from about two to 6 a.m. But I did, I was insistent to myself. I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not getting up. These are not the real thing. I, I just know they're not the real deal and I'm not going to exhaust myself. 
So I stayed in bed, which I'm really proud of. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. So that morning I called my midwife uh, at 8 a.m. because we were kind of hitting the 24-hour mark at that point. Um, and oh, and my I'd sent my husband out for castor oil <laughs> the night before. So we would have it ready. And she said, yeah, if you want to go ahead and do that, you go for it. So we did. I took um, castor oil smoothie. And she also recommend, recommended doing some breast pumping. So drank the smoothie at, I think, 8.30 that morning, started the breast pump, got that going. Um, and I was getting pretty, I was getting more anxious at, at this point. Like, man, I really hope that this labor, like, just comes to me soon because I, the plan was to go to the hospital that night, it, that night, if it, if I wasn't in active labor by 8.30 that night. So to yeah to get induced so I was like no anything but that (laughs) after my plans and everything I hoped for um so I was kind of I was kind of starting to to worry so I I did um talk to my doula and she gave me some good words of wisdom as usual and some some confidence so she was actually not um this was the time where she was supposed to be like unavailable because she was running a a camp for homeschooling families that she runs every summer so she was actually it was the last day of the camp oh, gosh. <laughs> she was like an hour and a half away <laughs> but yeah this kind of plays in later um so anyways I did that and then she also recommended I do the mile circuit so after I did some pumping I started that and man I don't know if anybody else is with me on this but I hate the first position of it yeah I'm just I can't stand it it's just awful so I was like literally laying like well whatever that not really laying but like your your butt's up in the air air, chest yeah oh it's just horrible and I was just I was crying and Mm -hmm. I was like trying to listen to worship music and then as I'm like laying there and (laughs) and just hating this, like this song comes on and there's actually another mom who has mentioned that this song was significant during her labor too on your Mm -hmm. podcast. Um, but it's the song peace be still and the words just, it just really spoke to me, especially where, where it said, I'm not going to be afraid because these waves are only waves. I'm not going to fear the storm. You are greater than its roar. And just the the fact that I'd been like picturing this as waves the whole time and Mm -hmm. It just felt like, I don't know, I felt this, this level of surrender that I have never felt before. And it just felt like I was turning it all over to the Lord. And I, and just giving him the outcome, Lord, if, if, if I can have a home birth, then if that's in your plan, then I would really love to, but I, I release this to you. And if I have to go somewhere else, then, then I will, but, but it's in your hands, Lord, and I give it to you. I'm not going to try to control and hold on. And it just felt like this, just this deep release to me. And man, I just laid there and cried in that stupid first position of the mile circuit. But yeah, that was kind of my moment, I think, where it all kind of turned because, because I truly, I don't know, truly at the deepest level, I, I let go and I gave it, I gave it to the Lord and I said, here it is. Wow. So, really really beautiful and I it's really neat how those moments of surrender you know it kind of reminds me of you talking about 
learning to release the tension to allow the oxytocin, you know, learning to release that mental tension. Yes. It makes, I mean, you know, that, that helps so clearly you, you released it, you gave it to the Lord and you said that's, that was a significant turning point for you. Yes, it really was. I felt like I I wasn't afraid anymore. No matter what was going to happen, I wasn't afraid. Wow. I wasn't afraid of the labor. I wasn't afraid of where I was going to end up. I just, I don't know. I was in a, a place of just trust, complete trust mm-hmm. at that point. And it was a really good place to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So <laughs> I finally moved on to the, you know, the second part of the mouse circuit, um, and that was like the lovely laying down on your side mm-hmm. <laughs> with the pillows. And that was nice. Yeah. Much more bearable. <laughs> yeah. Took a little, little, almost a little nap there. Mm. And I was probably starting to have kind of little contractions at this point. Um, but I was really not paying attention to them because I told myself I don't really care as, uh, until I'm in active labor because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. where I want to be so bad. So I was really set on getting to active labor. Um uh, I think then I took a second dose of castor oil because I wasn't really having a whole lot going on. And my midwife said that'd be a good idea. So at 11.30, I took that second one, 11.30 in the morning. Um, and then I started doing lunges up the stairs, uh, like two at a time, lunges up the stairs with my husband kind of like spotting me just in case (laughs) just he was he was there right there which was nice and man that is where things got real (laughs) all of a sudden (laughs) so uh I don't know if what it was I mean probably just the combination of of the things I had been doing with the castor oil and the pumping and the mild circuit but man it started to be where every time I would like reach the top of the stairs, I would have a, a contraction <laughs> every time. And they just got stronger and stronger, like fast. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> like I, I was, I don't know if I've ever been more excited to have contractions, but man, I was like, yes, this is so good. Like I'm going to keep doing this. I think I did like 10 sets of them. And then I started to not feel so good. <laughs> oh. So it came up threw up the second um dose of castor oil (laughs) (laughs) so didn't didn't need that one apparently one was enough um yeah and things just I mean things took off like a freight train from Mm -hmm. there it was just like I hopped on and it it went there was no getting off of this Mm -hmm. this ride so so yeah um my husband was the only one there um (laughs) with me which Mm -hmm. is great though he knows that I don't really I don't know I kind of like I like to know that someone is there, but I also, I like them to be pretty hands-off. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he knows what, what I, he could read that I was like, no, you don't really need to do anything except like kind of hang out with me. So he was like sitting on the couch, like <laughs> just kind of a relaxing Saturday for him. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I, we were joking, like we're just, we're just joking and talking. I'm like, you know what? Um, they tell you that you forget how this feels. Yep. They, you, you definitely forget how this feels. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> this is, I could confirm that right now. Uh, eventually, I got to a point where I wasn't, um, you know, talking with him so much. Uh, I was just, I, I stood the entire time um, this for this labor, and thank goodness it was short because 
uh, that's just what felt good to me. I was standing and swaying on different things in my house, like um, just like leaning against like door frames was a favorite. I don't know. And my stove top, which was of course not on, but uh, <laughs> I ended up um, standing so things were starting to get I could tell things were getting more real we hadn't like really called my midwife but we were also very uh cautious about that because we didn't want to make the same mistake of like you know calling somebody too soon or going somewhere too soon kind of a thing so neither of us were like that wasn't even on our radar and it's really funny now because I was like in transition oh my gosh <laughs> and my husband I'm like I I feel like I'm not really getting a break. I think that's what I said to him. And he's like, oh, no, I think I think you're okay. Like, we don't want to call her too soon. He said that several times. Like, <laughs> I'm I like, no, I, I really feel. I'm putting down. <laughs> <laughs> like, how far apart are they? He was timing them for me. He's like, oh, like two, two or three minutes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just was in a different zone. I was just so happy that I would like, that I was like, oh, I, I think I'm in active labor now. And I, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> I think it's just because I wanted it so bad. I don't know. Yeah. I was honestly super happy about it. I mean, it was very intense. I, I won't say that it wasn't, but like right. the way that I felt, I think made a difference. Like I was so, I was just, I was, it was daytime. Like I was just with it. Like I could see, like mm-hmm. I felt like I, I knew what was going on. Like, it was just so good. I, it just felt, I don't know. It's, I, I would almost go to say like, it probably wasn't that painful. Like it just really yeah. wasn't pain is that time is not what I would call it. It was just intensity mm-hmm. and it got more and more intense. Um, and at one point, I guess maybe I made kind of a different sound or something or like, I, f- I felt my baby move down. I felt him just like move down. And my husband said, Oh, was that one different? <laughs> was there something different about that one? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, Oh, just, just call her, call the midwife, call her, call her now. How um, far away did she live from you? Half an hour. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So she was ready to go though, because I texted her at one point. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And, and she's like, well, I'll just get everything ready. Mm-hmm. And um when you need me just call me so she she had all her stuff like ready to go in the car so he called her okay here's timestamps. so uh he called her or she said she left her house at 307 or yeah 307 so he must have called like just before that Mm -hmm. and I was like definitely transitioning um by myself because (laughs) my doula was driving back from this camp uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not there uh, yet and my husband went to fill up the birth pool <laughs> so just kind of you know doing my own thing um, which I don't know it was great like I don't know for me that was just exactly what I needed to do mm-hmm. and she got there at yeah half an hour later three thirty-seven, and she, I remember she came in like I kind of didn't really even know she was like I saw that her car was there. I was out in the front. So I saw their car pulled in. I'm like, oh, good. She's here. Okay. This is good. Cause I'm pretty sure it was kind of like maybe practice pushing right. <laughs> at that point. Like I wasn't trying to, but she came in, she listened to me like in a contract. She's like, oh, you are doing good work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, that sounds promising. I guess I'm in active labor. I guess. I guess, I guess I must be in active labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so she went and like set everything up. She was bringing in all her stuff and 
probably pretty quickly, I guess I realize now, but uh, yeah, she, she also called my duel and said, where are you? <laughs> She's Girl, like, you oh, better miss it. I went to go get the placenta and capillation stuff. Like she went home first and then, cause I guess she didn't think things were uh, moving, but she went home first and got her stuff and she's like, I'm on my way. <laughs> so she was, you know, probably not going the slowest uh, drive here. Um, and she got here probably 10 minutes after the, the midwife. Mm. And I remember when she came in, she said, she came up to me and she's like, well, Heather, you said you didn't want to get in the tub too soon. And looks like you've achieved that goal. Uh, (laughs) So she started, she started walking me back um, because the tub was set up in our bedroom and I was kind of out in the front and it's like the pretty much the farthest walk that you can walk um, from Mm. anywhere in our house. So we walked slowly um, over and I got in the tub right away and it was amazing. Um, Felt like, oh, this is what I've been missing this whole time. Uh, And I just kind of sunk immediately just down in my hand, uh, not in my hands and knees, but with my my knees down and my arms draped over the side of it. And yeah, just kind of had like a little break um, for, I don't know, maybe it was five minutes. My doula did this like just wonderful massage thing to my shoulders. And like, I didn't want to, I hadn't been touched like at all up to that point. And it just, that just felt so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Oh yes. Thank you. And then, um, uh, the second, a, a massive contraction started to hit and I felt the most amazing urge to push just absolute like fetal ejection reflex hit. And there was no stopping it. I didn't know uh, when I stepped into that pool that that was going to happen. I had no clue. Like I, and, and I was never checked at all this entire, the entire labor. She never ever checked me. So I had no idea, but she must've. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just started absolutely pushing. And man, I think there was one time where I pushed like five times in a contraction. Like it just felt, it just felt so good to finally just, just push. And it was so different from how it felt to me the other time. So completely different. Um, it felt actually good. So, Oh, I think I pushed for like, I don't know. I think it was maybe about 20 minutes. Um, and at one, at one point they're like, Oh, reach down, reach down and feel, and feel his head. I'm like, no, (laughs) um, I don't know. It just, I didn't want to like feel what was going on for some reason. Uh, and then they, they told me that again. And I like, I did it that time. And I'm like, I could not believe what I felt. It was an entire head like just out like his head was just out oh there my was. goodness I'm like oh, I didn't even know his head came out wow <laughs> that's amazing it was crazy I just I felt I remember just it's like this fuzzy little baby head because he had so much hair <laughs> and yeah there's a baby head um just this hanging on me so mm-hmm. um at, but my midwife's like kind of like okay um you know, get, they kind of like put me into like a lunch. You're like, okay, move your leg like this and then reach down and be ready to catch your baby. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Great. Yes. Perfect. So I was ready, pushed on the next contraction like that and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was kind of like, huh, I had no clue what was really going on, but I made my, so like, okay, now you just need to, you need to get out of the tub now. So just totally calm. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll get out. Just popped right out <laughs> as well as you can with a 
you know, baby head. A baby between your legs, yeah. <laughs> Entire baby head out. <laughs> so they got me, they helped me get out and they helped me get into like a runner's lunge mm-hmm. on the floor. And then my midwife reached in and pulled his shoulder out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And I, I'm pretty sure I screamed, but, and then he was out. So mm-hmm. it was, it was a, like a, his shoulder was just a little stuck. So it was like a minor shoulder dystocia, but she right. pulled him like he was, he came right out as she swept his back shoulder out, I guess yeah, she good. said it was his back shoulder. So yeah, it was, it was fast. And I never even like realized anything was like kind of side, gone sideways. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but like she passed him up up to me and like my first thought was like oh he's blue (laughs) he was kind of blue um but she did uh, a thing that's called positive pressure ventilation Mm -hmm. so it's not oxygen but it's just like helping him get started just kind of pushing air into get those little little lungs started so she did that a couple times and she had me like patting his back and I held him the whole time like this whole time I was still holding him and he was still, you know, obviously attached at the cord. So um, I never like didn't have him right in front of me, which I think was really good. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know if that's what would have happened if I was, you know, in a hospital. Probably not. I can say probably, probably not. <laughs> I pretty much guarantee it probably wouldn't have been at all. Oh, <laughs> so, and I do yeah, love to hear how like how calmly and confidently things that people consider such massive emergencies. And that's not to deny the fact that shoulder dystocias are emergent, but the fact that, you know, many times they can be very gently corrected without the need for like forceps or a vacuum or, you know, like some kind of intense intervention or an episiotomy, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that is so beautiful. And and the fact that his head just popped on out and you didn't even feel it. What, oh my what an amazing testimony to the work that you had done to really release and surrender. Yeah, I could not, could not believe his head was out. Oh, <laughs> that gosh. For sure. Oh, yeah. Heather, I cannot get over your stories. And you just brought so, so many things to this conversation that I really just have not considered. So I thank you so much. I think that I think there are going to be so many moms that are just really deeply impacted by the wisdom that you have shared. I, I really, I can't thank you enough. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Caitlin. I'm, thank you for letting me share my story. Wow, I got some gold from this episode, and I can only imagine that you did too. Let's head into this week's episode roundup, and let me bring up some of my favorite little nuggets. Number one. 10 centimeters does not always equate to time to push. It sounded like Heather even had a bit of a feeling that it wasn't time as she experienced her first labor. But when someone with experience lets you know that, quote, it's time, well, that's pretty impactful. I love how Heather expressed that this was a great learning experience for her and how she entered her second birth feeling more confident when it came to listening to her body and doing things in her own timing. Number two, related to my first point, Heather was at home for her second birth. She was able to hashtag give birth on your turf, which truly puts you in the power position. This is your space and the confidence of doing things your way just comes naturally. Also, I want to bring up Heather's need for nobody, as we could put it. Her uterus, much like my own, doesn't want the spotlight. 
She realized that having an additional student and a birth photographer was just not right for her body in her first labor, and it was causing a bit of stalling, perhaps even anxiety. Once she cleared the people away, she was able to let her body focus. Next, Heather mentioned one of my favorite concepts, the balance between control and surrender. There are so many aspects of preparation that we can control. Where we are, who we're with, what we learn before entering labor, shout out to the Happy Home Birth Academy. But at the same time, we've got to let go of the outcome. We've got to let go of our desire to control and know exactly how it will play out because we can't. And honestly, that's above our pay grade anyway, right? At some point, we must come to the moment of surrender and release. And what a beautiful place that can be. And finally, let's end where we began. And with my favorite golden nugget of all, you can impact your hormones. Holy moly, this was so insightful. Heather took it upon herself to begin practicing relaxation and seeing how it influenced her milk letdown. Isn't she the coolest scientist in the world? I'm just overwhelmed at how cool that was. And it came in handy, didn't it? She entered her second labor knowing how to relax on a deep level and knowing just how much that relaxation could encourage her body and baby to progress in labor. I just, wow, I'm still overwhelmed at how amazing this is and how much it makes sense. Thank you, Heather. You really blew my mind with that one. Okay, my friends, before you hop off, would you take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram stories? Tag Happy Home Birth Podcast and let me know your favorite takeaway from this episode. Okay, my friends, that is all I've got for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.